Good morning. You know, occasionally we like to mix it up around here, so we, you're, I'm going to throw you all off. So if you can hear my voice in the foyer, you should come into the auditorium now. So, good morning. Welcome to Bueller MB. Glad to be a nice, sunshiny day. And yes, I'd like to give you all a round of applause because you remembered to set your clocks ahead. And when somebody comes at the end of the service thinking they're on time, do not shame them. Okay. Anyway, hey, welcome to our church. Uh, I want to invite you. My name's Kurt. Uh, um, I'm the pastor here, lead pastor. I'm glad to be in that role. I want to invite you all, first of all, before, as we get started today, to find somebody that you haven't talked to today and say, isn't it a wonderful, sunshiny morning? So let's greet each other for a minute or two. I did. Thank you. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you can have a seat. Uh, I'm Pastor Dustin. I'm the youth pastor here. And to start off, we want to give just a few announcements of some things going on. Uh, this week, we will not have Wednesday night activities. It is spring break. So hopefully for those that get a spring break, you have a good spring break. So there won't be any Wednesday night activities this Wednesday. Um, also, just this will probably be the, uh, a little bit of a final reminder, but if anybody's interested in membership or being baptized, uh, that's going to go on. Just talk to either Pastor Kurt or myself. I think we're going to try to have the class coming up in April, so that's coming up pretty soon. Also, in a couple weeks, uh, the Tabor Choir is going to be joining us, uh, so we're going to uh, hear from them during the service, but also after the service, uh, we're going to have a potluck. So, yep. <laughs> It's going to be good, so make sure you bring some food, and if you can bring just a little bit extra food, I think there's probably 40 or so people from Tabor that are coming, and now I remember when I was in Tabor, uh, that was always the thing, you could find the church with the potluck, and so uh, there was always something that they'll probably enjoy coming to a church and having a potluck afterwards, so uh, we can bless them in that way, but we look forward to that morning and uh, all that's going on, and then the Sunday after that uh, is coming up is a congregational meeting, so April the 3rd in the evening. Uh, we'll have the congregational meeting to talk a little bit about some stuff going on in the church, and there'll be some reports and all that other kind of stuff, so uh, come uh, join us that evening in a few weeks coming up. Also, uh, you can check your bulletin for a few more things that are going on. Uh, there's some stuff about the MCC, stuff about a church workday, and camps going on. Uh, so if you're interested in camps as the youth pastor, always promote it. It's, it's a good time, so the registration's open. I know we've been working on some of that stuff. So if you're interested in camps, uh, sign-up's going on. Uh, also, in the last announcement we, we're going to have, uh, and this is for uh, the Wickerts uh, from Brent and Cindy, uh, that Greta Joe. Uh, there's a little uh, pack and play out there, so if you want to bless the Wickerts with a gift or two, you're welcome to kind of drop that in the pack and play out there in the lobby and go for that. So uh, that's a few of the announcements and the things that we have going on. Uh, one of the things we want to always be about and continue to be about is our mission and our vision. Um, so these are the things that we want to hold before you, and I'm just going to read them this morning. Uh, our mission is to glorify Christ by loving God, uh, loving others, and making disciples through the power of the Holy Spirit, and our vision is to intentionally transform communities through Christ. Amen. 
And one of the things we want to do, if there's anybody that has like one story, if anybody has one story on how you're living out the mission and the vision, I think maybe this morning there's one, one story, and I, I think Judy might. Did Judy? Or two? Well, Jeanette's back there, so we should. Okay, so maybe two. I know. I know. Everybody's like, Jeanette, Jeanette, Jeanette. Hey, you guys, Jeanette's here today. Oh, there you go, Beej. I'll turn this one on. Uh, we were going to overlap to the next thing, so this is the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> Jeanette, welcome. We're so glad to see you. This week, I was sitting in my living room. And I got a knock on the door, and it was one of my former students uh, who is troubled. He has lots of problems, and his parents have kind of neglected him over the years, and I knew that. But he came to see me, and he's, this is about the third time that he's come and spent a couple hours. He's 17 years old. And I was sitting there visiting with him, and he um, and I thought, why am I just sitting here visiting? This is my opportunity to tell him what he really needs. And so I told him that he needs three things. He needs God, he needs friends, and he needs counseling. And I made some suggestions as to where he might find all three of those things. And I told him he's welcome to come and see me whenever he wants to, but not to come back until he's tried some of these other choices that I gave him. So I'm hoping that the Lord will use that to uh, draw him to himself. Absolutely. That's great. And uh, how are you feeling? Better. 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 And you got the whole fam here on the row. That's awesome. So we're so glad to see you. And that's a great story. Thanks. Yeah. And that's it's good to see you, Jeanette. And that's just a little bit about the, the family, ULRMB family news. Also, what we kind of want to mention, too, is just a congratulations to uh, Shelby Schmidt and J.D. Tarn. Uh, they got married yesterday. And so uh, it was a good wedding. And we also congratulations to the Schmidt family. And so we just kind of want to mention that. Um, but now I'm going to pray, and then we are going to continue with worship. So why don't you pray with me? Dear Lord, we just thank you for this morning. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity we have just to, to gather here and to worship you. And so we're thankful for that. We're thankful uh, just to see Jeanette, and we just continue to lift her up in prayer. Uh, we're just thankful for this morning, and uh, we just pray that our hearts can be prepared to worship and that we just have what uh, you have for us this morning. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, we're here to worship today. Why don't you stand with us as we sing together? One, two, here we go. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind? It was my tomb 
until I met you. I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my tomb till I met you. You called my name and I ran out of that grave, out of the darkness into your glorious day. You called my name and I ran out of that grave, out of the darkness into He is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And then in Psalm 113, 1, it says, Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. That's what we're here to do this morning. Let's continue our worship with To God Be the Glory.
Since I've been here, it's been really fun and remarkable to see how involved and in the know and whatever else I want to say about uh, our church and missions other places. And so since I've been here in just three short years, we've seen one of our own on quite a journey. I'm going to invite Kendra to come on up here. She's going to share with us her most recent trip and experience, and uh, I want you to listen. Okay? Hi, Kendra. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Good. All right. I'm actually going to be good, and I'm going to go sit down. Oh, so these okay. are not scary people. <laughs> okay, they can be scary people, but you know better. So, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, it's so good to be back with you all. Um, I was so glad I was able to go back to West Africa um, and just be able to see Kyle and Denny again and all of my friends there. It was just so fun to be back. Um, in terms of what I spent most of my time doing, I helped with a lot of different projects. Um, towards the beginning, there were a lot of like organizational projects, um, helping organize like receipts and paperwork and enter stuff. Um, but towards the middle, we got a few shipping containers of supplies and different things, and so there was a lot of clothes and things like that. And so I spent a lot of time helping sort through that. We spent honestly like a couple weeks. We had like 300 bags of clothes in one container. And so we spent a lot of time just trying to divide it out and send it to places where it could be used and it was needed. And 
it was a lot of work, but I don't know, getting, being able to get some of the pictures of people receiving the clothes was so cool. I don't know, and I wish I could show some of the pictures, but I can't because of security reasons, but um, I don't know, a few, other than that, like I helped with um, running errands and cooking and kind of just wherever else was needed. Um, a couple of cool things that I got to do, um, I got to visit Anissa and her class and take a few pen pal letters from the JAM overseas, um, what is it? overseas adventure, that's what it's called, <laughs> the overseas adventure JAM group as well as some Sunday school um, kids made sent some letters as well, so it was cool to be able to take those there and give them to them and actually bring some back as well. Um, it was also really cool. I got to go to the clinic that um, the doctor that Mande helped support last year, I got to go visit that clinic again. And it's just so cool to see just in the last six months how much things have changed. They're actually up and running and doing C-sections now. And so they're able to do that in the clinic, which is a complete game changer. Because otherwise, like women who had complications had to take a long, bumpy ride back to the Capitol, and oftentimes they wouldn't make it. And so it's just so cool that they are able to do that there now, and it's making just such a big difference there. Um, and then, honestly, my favorite part of being there, my favorite thing I got to do was a couple nights a week, they would do um, just some discipleship lesson training things for the youth. Um, and it was, I got to be a part of some of those. It was so cool just to be able to squeeze in a van with a bunch of my friends and just go and hang out with them and be a part of that for a couple evenings a week. And it's just so cool to see like how on fire they are for God and just like how excited they are and just hungry to learn. Um, and it's just crazy to see the difference between them and just, I don't know, when you're just out in the general community, like there's just so much heaviness and there's just so much hurt and there's just this sense of like hopelessness and you can start feeling that too if you're not careful. But it's like every time I would get to go and be with them, like they would all just evaporate away and I'd just be filled with so much hope. Just seeing like how passionate they are, it's just, I can't, I'm just so excited to see the way God's gonna use them and just transform um, their community through them. And yeah, so it was just so cool to be there and be a part of the church. Um, it's so cool that it's growing. They had um, new people coming to Christ almost every single week. There were a couple weeks we had like five or six people come forward. It was so cool and it's awesome, but it's also led to, I guess, a good problem. They're running out of space, and so right now they're trying to find a new space that can actually be their own. And so if you guys could just be praying for them as they're searching. I think they found a property, but it's quite a lot of money, and so they're trying to figure out how they're going to pay for it. So just be praying for them that their God will provide and show them what to do with that going forward. But yeah, so... Okay, so now I'm going to insult our audience because I'm going to say, you guys, let's make sure we caught some of the really fun stuff she meant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just a minute. Uh, and I love it. Can you tell that a lot of this trip was really cool? <laughs> right here, pound it. All right, it's all good. Uh, there's a couple things I want to make sure you caught. I insult audiences all the time by trying to over-communicate. So the one of the things I wanted you to catch for our congregation is did you catch what she said? So jam a session ago, two ago. What? Anyway, had a, had a track, a course where the kids heard about, Kendra was a part of it, Cheryl was a part of it, and she was able to take letters. And like little gifts and like 
and like little gifts and stuff <laughs> okay. in them too. And, so yeah. that is really cool <laughs> that they took stuff from the jam kids and she was able to hand deliver it. I love that. Um, she said, don't miss what she said about the stuff going on in the hospitals, that their ministry and their, and their medical service, what'd you say they're doing? C-sections now, as well as other surgeries they're starting to do too. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, <laughs> she's, I said that, I know, but I'm insulting our audience by making sure they heard you. <laughs> so that's really great stuff. And uh, you went with Michelle. Yes. Yeah, and she's doing well as well. We kind mm -hmm. of take her as half our own. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to embarrass you. Do you want to tell us about what's next, or is that still a thing? Um, still waiting to hear. <laughs> okay. um, I've applied to, there's like an agricultural missions internship that I applied to a few weeks ago, and I'm still waiting to hear back. But Okay, yeah. So we'll see. So yeah, and I'll tell your story for you, and you can go, no, that's not right. But anyway, she had to go all the way to Africa to find out about an internship in Florida. <laughs> so, I mean, God's hilarious, yeah? And so, um, you know, uh, one of our uh, interests, goals, whatever we want to say, is here's a young person, Kendra's the young person, <laughs> and she gets a little spark, she gets a little taste, she gets a little whatever, and here, look how it's just changing everything about her. Yeah. So... That's pretty good, church. We want to keep that up. So thank you very much for sharing with us. Don't leave. We're not done yet. Uh, I did want to say you saw a connection this week uh, that suggested if you're interested, we're having a little bit of a workshop with Humber, Stephen Humber. He's our uh, multiply mobilizer. And uh, Bob Davis will be at Tabor. Uh, several of us, looks like most of the Gertsons are going, and me, and if you're interested in that, you need to let us know today. I need to let Stephen know our numbers. We're going to go for just kind of a day-long workshop, and we're talking about good relationships to partner well with global ministries, and so we're just going to be talking about what that looks like, and so if anybody's interested in sitting in on that, uh, just let us know. We're going to give Stephen our numbers by tomorrow. Uh, thank you again for sharing with us. We're going to pray for Kendra. So uh, she's waiting to hear about some details about how this internship may go or if it will go and all that. It's fairly competitive, so okay. we'll see what happens. Okay, but. so we'll be praying for Kendra about that, but we're so glad she was able to go on this most recent trip. And uh, let's pray for Kendra. God, thank you for the way you are working in, uh, in this world. We think about all the things going on here, and God, it's just a lot. And uh, I'm just so thankful that Kendra and Michelle were able to travel to get back to see a ministry area where they have been before, and God, to see how you're working there. What a marvelous story. So God, we pray that you would be with uh, everyone in that particular place in uh, Africa. God, that you would continue to move and work mightily there, but I thank you for Kendra's interest, for her passion, for her uh, love for you to be uh, very mindful of where you might be leading her, and so I thank you for, God, I thank you for a safe trip. I thank you for a meaningful trip, and I pray, God, that you would continue to be leading Kendra specifically in what's next, and so we will lift her up and ask you to work and move, and if it is this internship thing, God, I pray that you would create the opportunity and a great experience for her as well, but God, again, thank you for blessing her time. We love you, her and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. Stand with us now as we continue our worship.
coming and to reconcile the lost to redeem the whole creation you did not despise the cross so even in your suffering you saw to the other side knowing this was our salvation Jesus for our sakes you died praise the conquered death and the dead rose from their tombs and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who come to the father are restored and the church of christ was born then the spirit lit the flame now this gospel truth of old shall not heal shall not faint by his here with us now. What an awesome privilege it is to be together, to worship you together as the family of God. We are so grateful, so grateful, but we recognize that there is hurt. There, is, there, there are things in the world, and God, we pray for those people. We pray not just with our mouths, but God, where you can give us hands and feet to be of help, help us to do that. God, we worship you. Glory to your name. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Thank you, worship team. At the end. You're with me. Yeah. boy. Uh, don't, you know, that was a super appropriate song. Did you catch 
besides just, yeah, duh. Um, but then the church of Christ was born. Okay, that's arguable when actually the church was born. But it's right what we're talking about, right? Uh, you know, and uh, uh, there's a line about the fl- there, there was an allusion to Pentecost and all that, so it's marvelous, uh, great stuff. Um, I'm sorry, pause. Uh, so uh, it's just been a week, and you think we're neglecting stuff going on in our own community. No, that was just, it might have been an oversight, but we know that there's still uh, effects and things going on after the fires last weekend, so we want to keep praying for all of that as well, and I know I was at a meeting this week with the pastors in town, and we're, there's, uh, I don't want to say this quickly, there's a lot going on that you can be a part of if you want to give something or maybe find a volunteer opportunity, so what I know is there's several things going on in our, in the, in the community, in the county, and uh, even PIP, that's Pastors in Partnership, we're uh, talking about having some funds available as that goes, and uh, I saw, I don't know how many people get emails that I get, but MDS is considering its uh, response to the area, to the fires. What are we calling it? Cot- cottonwood? Cottonwood fire? Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, keep, keep all of that in your prayers as well, and we'll, so I didn't want you to think we'd forgotten about what's going on in our own community, and we're uh, uh, people, you know, I don't know, I would really want to counsel all of you without e- ignorable advice, no doubt, but uh, counsel you all to manage your uh, news watching and your news feeds and all that, just take it, boy, there's so much going on right now, so we want to keep praying for Ukraine and everything going on there, and uh, you know, we just heard from Kendra about another part of the world, and and uh, we were talking at elders this week how um, you know Ukraine takes first place for a while because it's kind of what's happening, but you know, it wasn't that long ago. Then Haiti had all sorts of issues, and Haiti's still a mess. And uh, Afghanistan was not that long ago, and Afghanistan's still a mess. So. Together we raise our voices and say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen? Yeah. But in the meantime, here we are. Um, And uh, we have been in the book of Acts. There's the screen, so we know we're still there. And uh, we're going to have a break. We're going to still do Acts next week, and then we're going to take a break for Tabor and uh, um, some other things and through the uh, Easter season, so just so you kind of have an idea about that. But I, I hope we've been having a great time. I've been having a great time. So I hope, I hope some of you have too. Uh, remind ourselves where we've been. Remember, we are laying the foundation of the Jesus movement. Laying the foundation of the Jesus movement after Luke. Don't forget, I'm going to keep saying these things because uh, sometimes we just need to hear them several times before they stick. But the book of Luke and Acts should be considered together. Luke's telling the story about Jesus live ministry, and then in Acts, he's telling the story of Jesus' continued ministry in all of us, and the Holy Spirit has been poured out now. We're past Pentecost. The foundation still being laid, has been laid. The foundation has clearly been laid, and reminding us again, and it's like, you don't have to keep reminding us, but I'm gonna. We're still in Jerusalem. We have that little map from 1-8 that says, you will be my witnesses, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. We're still on the first part in Jerusalem. Foundation laid, off we go. And now what's fun about this, by the time we get to chapter three, get to some fun stories. I'm all about fun stories. And so here we are in chapter three, verses one through 10. Um, So 
Uh, just a reminder about where we're at. So here's the story for today. If you have a device or a Bible, whatever you want, you can grab it and have a look with me as I just tell you how this went because it's such a great story. So uh, like I said, Pentecost poured out Peter's first speech and all that. And now we sort of start to see uh, the daily grind of the disciples. We're going to talk more about that before we're done today. But uh, here we have a story where Luke just says, well, one day... You know, like a normal day, sort of a day in the life of the new Jesus followers. Again, the movement, the the apostles, the disciples. Remember that number was uh, went from 120 to over 3,000. To he was adding to their number daily. So here we are. We have this community that's legit now and really going. And it seems that we see a little picture into what their life looked like. Um, We need to remind ourselves they they are Peter and the gang are still Jews, so it wasn't like they turned their back on all things Jewish in one fell swoop, no. So the easiest thing for them to be a part of worship and prayer was to go along with what what the Jews were doing, right? And so here's we see this in verse 1. So Peter and John, and it's really funny, I'll tell you a little, a little funny little thing. You hear John's name, but he shouldn't even get billed on the credits at the end of the movie. Because he doesn't have a lot to do with this. But he's there as well, so okay, that's fine. And, um, and all of you John fans are like, what? Don't write emails, just kidding. Um, but so they use Jewish things in their practice. And so Jews were, uh, went to the temple three times a day. And if some of your Bibles say ninth hour, ninth hour is three o'clock. The day in the Jews' world some of you just want to know this, so I'm gonna, and you've probably heard it before, but I know that some of us like these cognitive things. I got gotcha. you. Uh, uh, so here's the thing about hours. Their day started at 6 o'clock. So 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, that's the ninth hour, that's 3 o'clock. And they had other sacrifices and prayer times, but this is apparently an appropriate time for our disciples to head over and pray and worship together in the temple or maybe even in the synagogue in some cases because this was the time when they didn't really do the sacrifice thing. Why is that important? It's not super important except to say, huh, I'm a Jesus guy now and I understand that the whole sacrificial for forgiveness thing isn't a thing. And so they weren't preaching against it or anything, right? And that didn't happen every day. Uh, I am so not an expert in all things Jewish tradition and law. I'm just saying the broad strokes here. That's what Kurtz tries to do a lot. But this was a good time for them to wander over and worship and pray because uh, it was a natural time when, other Jew, when Jews were doing that and they didn't have to mess with you know, the whole sacrificial Jesus did that for us and all that. You know, Great time to, get, to go by. Uh, okay, so here Peter and John are on their way in with all kinds of people and they notice a beggar uh we don't get a name for this guy oh and i'll uh just for the record i'll throw up the i'll throw up i'll put up uh the passage if you'd like to it makes it i could throw up but i won't do that yeah i know don't do that yeah so um there's the passage the first part of the passage um uh, the passage says there was a beggar that was regularly put at the entrance to the temple Uh, One of the big gates. And so there's a couple of things I just want to pull out of this. Uh, First of all, he was being carried. He was lame from birth. That's significant because that means he didn't have an accident. He wasn't just broken legs or disease. He has never walked. Never. And I'll I'll give you a little insight to the future passage we're going to get to. This guy's 40 years old. 
That's later, but I'm just going to give you a little heads up on that one. 40 years, never walked. And so he has to rely on these people to come put him somewhere where he can beg because if his family members or friends are like, dude, look, we're going to take care of you, but you got to do your part. <laughs> so we're going to put you here to beg a little bit, try to get some scratch for us so we can pay the rent and maybe get some food for you. He relied on others for that. You with me? Never walked. And they put him by this gate. Uh, sometimes if you do your own study on this passage, there's something about this beautiful gate. As I have said and complained about many times before, as soon as one expert says this, some other expert has to say that. And so there's the bottom line, I mean, not always, but sometimes, uh, the bottom line is this particular gate, they don't honestly know which one it was. Some guys are more convinced. Uh, the one fun story that I did read about is uh, the temple had nine gates, and they were all beautifully ornate with gold and silver, except the one that this one might be was actually uh, Corinthian bronze and so all these silver and gold gates, they're saying, well, the really beautiful one is this one in bronze, and it's really tall. And so maybe a thing, I don't know that it matters huge for us in this story, except that they seem to put this guy by this gate regularly, because we're going to see from the story he was a fixture there. And so we can ask ourselves in the back of our minds, did people, you know, and we're going to see that they clearly did notice him, but did you do this? We'll get to more of that in a minute. Anyway, so here's this guy, lame, never walked, put down by this wonderful gate, and uh, he is calling out for alms. Do you remember what this is in the life of a Jew? So uh, giving charity or giving alms was a very pious, meritous thing to do for a good practicing Jew. And so if somebody, and when somebody was in the circumstance that our beggar was in, never walked lame, had to get help parked by the city uh, temple gate, he would say, alms for the poor, alms for the poor, expecting to get some coins in his can, perhaps. Everybody with me on the picture of what's going on? And he calls out to Peter and John, and he says, alms for the poor. And Peter and John are like, oh, hey, look, here's this guy. And this is really something. Uh, they were about to go in. He asked for money. And then verse 4, Peter looked straight at him. There are some guys that have really, and I just didn't want to go this, uh, uh, some other time. I might go this direction. But this is a great little scene I just want to create for 30 seconds here to say. So here's the beggar. Here's Peter and John coming. He says, you got anything for me? Alms for the poor. And they meet eyes. And there's so many things we could talk about how that, you know. But the one thing I want us to catch today is Real ministry, because we're going to talk about needs in ministry today. Uh, real ministry, you have to make that contact. Because it wouldn't really be that significant if you just kind of went up and threw a penny in or a quarter in or whatever and walked by. Peter looked straight at him. And then they even throw in again our bit player for this particular soap opera, as did John. So they engaged with this guy is what I want you to hear today. They're walking in, hey, we're going to go pray and worship, maybe tell somebody about Jesus, you know, and here's a guy that says alms, and they're like, oh, opportunity, we're going to engage with you, and then, here, here this is going to be huge, um, look at us, and the guy gave him their, his attention, expecting to get something from him, from them. So we have a moment here, and we could freeze it 
and we could just say, there's that moment. There's this moment of opportunity. Peter and John take it. Hey, dude, look at us. And he looks like, okay, what are they going to give me? And then the story goes on. It's is marvelous. <laughs> Peter said, oh, I don't have any money. <laughs> and the guy went, whatever, dude, go away. No, he didn't. We don't know what happened, right? But in that moment, obviously, we're going to think that beggar is sorely disappointed for a moment. Silver and gold, I don't have any. Catch this, church. Catch this today. But what I have, I give to you. We're going to talk about that more in a minute. Let's just get through the story because it's so marvelous. What I have, I give to you. And so then, you know, it feels like without skipping a beat, without thinking about it, without praying, oh, Lord, I did, you know, this just all happens super quick. Hey, dude, I don't got any money, but what I have, I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus, don't forget that part, church. He didn't say, um, you know, in the name of our new movement or in the name of Bueller MB or the name of some other guy that's a charismatic. No. What did he say? In the name of everyone. Yeah, that's right. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus of Nazareth. What, what, what is it? Yeah, whatever, you know. In his name, get up. Why? You know, and, and so then, I, I've, again, some of the stuff I read, it's, you can really, you could really get fun stuff out of Peter grabs him, you know, intentionally, you know, and whatever that looks like. We see then he, he helps him up, and, and this is really cool, because Luke is a physician. You guys remembered that. He's a physician, and I, as I understand it, um, verse 7, his feet and ankles became strong. He actually uses some kind of unique to, in Greek, unique to physicians' words, like, you know, his, his uh, socket slipped back into place is kind of what we're thinking, and he got strong. Remember, what did I say a second ago? He has never walked. He has been lame from birth. And Peter says, in the name of Jesus, get up. Uh, and then, you know, oh, and then he had to struggle, and he fumbled a little bit. No, what does it say? He stood up, and he starts like, uh, you know, he's walking immediately because everything became strong. He went in with them, and he went in really sullen and really sad and wished he weren't healed. No, walking, jumping, praising God. Look at the contrast here, church. Here's a guy that has to get help for everything, thinks he's going to get some money from this somebody he doesn't maybe even know who it is and he has a life changing hugely altering event and he's walking leaping praising jumping and and praising god and and they go into the temple others saw saw what he's doing and they recognized him so that was what i was alluding to before we know that they did recognize charlie i just gave him a name it wasn't charlie but that yeah, <laughs> uh, they, they recognize him, and that makes it all the more wondrous. Because remember where we've been in the first two chapters as we're laying the foundation in Acts, we're laying the foundation for the movement for the church, and, and we see then that uh, you know, what that looks like is we want to have uh, people notice us, and we want to have people see what we're doing. That's part of the whole equation. And so they, they notice that something big has happened with this guy that we used to see begging all the time. And their response, 
they were filled with wonder and amazement. Oh, I, I got distracted. Yeah, so what we saw in the first two chapters was we saw already that part of God's plan as his spirit is poured out, we're going to see amazing things, signs and wonders. And this story already in just chapter three, we start to see that. And the people, after seeing the amazing thing, were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. <sighs> Isn't this a great story? Now, I had a, I had a moment this week when I could decide, do I want to try to, uh, I, I, I think I mentioned this, I'm really using a one particular commentary to do even the breakups for me, and I, you know, 10 verses, man, we are going to be in Acts for a while, but remember, I conceded my own personal policy, and we're going to go on with Acts, and this just seemed like the place to stop. We're going to see another great speech from Peter next week, but I wanted to stop here to say, check out 10 verses, simple little story, but how marvelous it is. What happens is we start to see in, in, in broad strokes the church living out its mission. And so, you know, normal routine stuff. Again, I don't, we're, I don't know how many we're talking, 123,000, more than that and all that, to say, did they... Yeah, uh, no, I'll just say, <laughs> the idea is we feel like that was their routine. They would worship with Jews, they would pray with Jews, they would be part of the community, and so they were regularly doing the right things, and then this opportunity for a real Jesus moment, a real Holy Spirit poured out moment came when they were just sort of doing their thing. So that's what we see the church living out its mission. So uh, I want to get right a little bit quicker than I usually do with this, but I want to get right to the stuff for us. So I hope you have a good picture of, uh, of the story because I just think it's a marvelous story. But as we've said, as we look at these passages in Acts, we're asking ourselves as individuals, as families, as a church community, a spiritual community, as a church, we're asking what does this have for us? So, uh, I'm hopeful that when you get to groups, if you're going through the questions, that you have a chance to talk about all of this more and more and more. And I hope the questions, uh, if, I've <laughs> if I've never done this from up front, every leader of a group that talks about the questions, you have permissions to throw my questions out if you have better ones. I bless you. But maybe the questions will get you started today like uh, usual. So here, here's for us. First of all, we don't want to lose sight of those basic practices as Jesus followers. So, like I said, what you see in the early part of this story is just really routine. Ah, and Peter and John, we're going, they're going to worship and pray. So, uh, let's not forget that, church. I, I know this seems really remedial, and I look out here and I see people who have been part of this church for many years, and I see people who have followed Jesus for many years. We really can't lose sight of this really basic stuff to say, don't forget to make worship and prayer a part of your life. It... it <laughs> It just can't become, okay, we all go through seasons, we all ride the life roller coaster at some points, but we just cannot lose sight of the basics being so important to growing closer to Jesus. And so we see, you know, it wasn't like uh, Peter and John probably thought they had much of an exciting day coming. They didn't really you know, know but they said, oh, we're, it's, time, it's, the, it's three o'clock, let's go pray and worship like we usually do. And, 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 and let's, let's keep in mind any opportunity we have to tell people about Jesus. 
You see, because again, what we know from the beginning of Acts is our mission is we will be his witnesses. And that's what even Peter and John were figuring out. So those basic practices, uh, worship and prayer, living out the mission, and then you know just being aware... And this is the direction I wanted to make sure we touched on, more than touched on today, being aware of ministry opportunities and needs. Okay, I'll say that again. It's important to be aware of opportunities and needs for ministry. If I were to, and that's going to be our next thing to talk about that I think from this, that is, we want to park here for a minute. Ministry, for today's purposes, we could have a whole, you know, seminary class on what is ministry, my goodness. But for us today, ministry is meeting needs. So when you are, and, and let's be clear, well, Kurt and Dustin are the ministers. No, no, no. <laughs> we are all ministers, right? Yeah, yeah. And so when you think about it, we are all trying to be aware of, of things that we can do to help somebody with their needs. And here's the thing that really strikes me about this story. So this is where I landed with this that I wanted to make sure we talked about today. Um, it, it's this whole idea of expectations compared to needs. So let's go back to the story for a sec. In that moment, again, when everything was sort of normal and people are rushing, oh, and, and I, I, I should say this uh, to go back. I apologize. I get so excited. Sometimes I skip things in, in the noodle here. Um, uh, having him, having our beggar, Charlie, uh, be where he was, that was a smart thing for a couple of reasons, and this is one of the questions you might, I, I think I had on the thing. I, it was smart for him to be at this place because obviously whatever gate this was, if it was a notable gate, a lot of people would be going. If they were going to pray and worship and whatever, they'd probably be thinking spiritual things, and so, you know, it was a, it was a stellar move by this guy to be at this place. It's like, uh, you know, Probably not in Bueller because that would be awkward, but if we were at a, a big church in Wichita that attracted a lot of people, somebody would really be, I'm being a little bit uh, crass here, but it's on purpose. Uh, you know, it would be a great move to park yourself at the entrance to a church, right, and have your sign that says need help because church people, in theory, might be a little more mindful, a little more guilt, you know, manipulatable. Did I make up a word? Yeah, yeah. So there are some silly, shallow things about it. But again, remember, in the Jewish scheme of things, giving in charity was a very pious, meritous thing for someone to do. So if I've got my family and we're headed to pray and maybe sacrifice on the right days or whatever, to see somebody begging for alms, it'd be like, yep, yep. You know, so, okay, so remember, that was sort of a strategic place for our beggar to be. Anyway, but... Um, his expectation, when he has that moment with Peter, what does the word say? Well, he expected to get something. He was expecting some coin, some gold or silver, right? Because that's what he thought he needed. And so I want to talk about both sides of expectations in ministry. First of all, if we take the role of our beggar, we need to remind ourselves what we really need. You know, we live in a culture where it, it, is, it is really too easy to throw money at stuff. I know, I'm going to be careful. Am I suggesting we shouldn't give to worthy causes? And of course I'm not saying that. But in some ways, we say, well, all we need is to throw money at it and it'll be better. And the beg if we take the role of the beggar, you know, I wasn't even thinking about what I really needed. 
what I really needed was to be restored because, uh, you know, and, and it's not just about his disability. His disability made it so he couldn't have real community with people. He couldn't, you know, he had to rely on help and he had to rely on others to take care of him and all this. And he, he was disabled in all the, all the wrong ways, right? So physically and spiritually. And so he thought, well, if you just toss me some coin, I can at least help pay off these guys that keep carrying me here all the time, and they'll buy me some bread and, and something to eat, you know. And, and he, you know, even for our, when we take his way of thinking, we, we, we sometimes sell ourselves short, don't we? Do, do you know for yourself what your needs are? Okay, now I don't want to park on that side of things too much because we're talking about being part of the movement and being part of the Jesus followers in the church. And so go to the other side and say, look how Peter and John were able to then assess well what the need was. Because here's the thing to catch. Even though Peter says we don't have any money, it's not like they couldn't have found some, right? Oh, dude, um, just a minute. I'm going to go back, and I know some guys back here. They're friends of mine. I'll go get a 20. and we'll keep, you know, that, that was a thing. But Peter, I, I, I'm arguing today, knew from the Spirit of God what this guy needed. He didn't need money. He needed whole restoration, physically and spiritually. And so in the name of Jesus, walk. How cool is that? And so... Uh, you know, the bottom line will always be, on both sides of this, we know that our biggest needs and the biggest needs we can meet are spiritual. Now again, I want to repeat this. That doesn't mean that we don't give financial things when it can be very helpful. We don't volunteer time when we, you know, uh, a listening ear or whatever. But I'm just suggesting today that we have to understand expectations compared to needs. And... Um, I'm also suggesting then that we have to understand and utilize what we have. So Peter says, I don't, have, I don't have any money, but what I do have, and in this case, I mean, you can, you can decide how to define it. I've got the spirit of the living God living inside me. I've got a faith in Jesus, his guy, the Messiah, the Savior, the Redeemer, you know, I've got, and I'm gonna, I wanna share that with you. Now, I don't want to neglect this because there's going to be so many fun stories about supernatural things. And as I'm going to keep saying this though, how the spirit of God manifests itself is not up to us. It's up to him. Thank you. I wish their whole crowd would say that every time I say that, okay? Because we have to catch that. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, I, it would be great for God to be, uh, you know, all, anytime he wants, do something miraculous. That'd be awesome. So, uh, but what we need to catch from this story is for Peter to say what I have, I give, now, uh, you know, he, it's Peter, so he probably did know, what, I mean, he, it's Peter, so, you know, he probably, God was really working in his brain and said, look, this guy needs to walk and I'm going to restore, you know. But if we just tell ourselves to say, well, what I know is this person needs Jesus, let me tell you about him. And then if God chooses to manifest in some miraculous huge way, praise God. But let's just utilize what we have and, not, and, and that's where our expectations need to line up with God's, right? I'm saying, I'm going to use what I have. Um, there's a couple of interesting stories um, where uh, in the Bible, um, Moses, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember his name, <laughs> in Exodus, 
Moses gets to the burning bush and he's getting real reluctant, right? And uh, he doesn't know if he can do it. And so finally God says, hey Moses, what's in your hand? Well, it's a rod, it's a staff. And he, does, you know, and he throws it down. A couple of miracles happen and all this. Sometimes we need to remember to ask ourselves, what's in my hand? What's, what's, what do I have that's available for this need, for this ministry? And even the, the fun story when uh, Jesus is feeding 5,000. He doesn't, I, I thought he asked. I had to go back and make sure. He doesn't really ask. But the disciples are like, well, here's what we have. We got a kid with some loaves and some fish, five loaves and two fish, right? So Jesus is also using what he has. And so it's important for us in the middle of both of these things to, uh, to figure out what the real need is, and it's always spiritual people, and then to say, well, what do I have that can help this? Now, um, it's important to catch, and this is going to seem a little bit harsh, but you can't give what you don't have. And so what we're talking about every time we look into Acts through this series is to say, how can we continue to live out our mission, grow closer to Jesus? Because if I didn't know Jesus, uh, when I walked by our beggar, I wouldn't be able to give it to him, right? And so there's a level for us now, 2,000 years later, to talk about uh, you know, uh, maturity and, and, and where you're at in your walk to say, you got to know what you have if you're going to share it. And so in the middle of this, my encouragement is to say, don't forget, you want to keep developing that God relationship more and more. So you will be ready if something comes up and you will be ready to have a, a, something to give to somebody who needs to hear about who Jesus is. Does that make sense? Okay, so uh, keep considering our expectations and what it looks like to utilize what we have. And then just, this is so easy, but it can't, we never want to neglect this. Everything has to be rooted in Jesus. It wasn't about Peter. It wasn't about John. It even wasn't about the guy that met Jesus. It was about Jesus. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. So everything has to be rooted in Jesus. Um, I'm guessing there's probably more that, I'm ho again, I'm hoping your groups can get to, but it's just a marvelous story to see how God works. I want to I use a quote from uh, one of my commentators to finish up here. And, and he says this, look, the goal of Christian ministry is ultimately not, the goal of Christian ministry is ultimately not that the poor, the sick, the depressed, and the challenged are being helped. He's saying that is not ultimately the goal, that poor, sick, depressed, challenged people get helped, but it's that they can fully participate in the community of the people of God as believers who have found true salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. So, you know, at one point we, we say, well, isn't it cool a guy can walk? He never walked before. How cool is that? That's, that's, that's cool. That's awesome. But even though we don't necessarily, we're going to see more about his story as we finish up this chapter. Even if we don't specifically know, we sure think that he met Jesus and became a, a devoted follower of Jesus. That's what we're after, even today. So while it would be nice if we could heal everybody we asked for, if we could give everything they need for their, if we can show them who Jesus is, we're meeting their biggest need. And that starts to be the, the focus of the book of Acts. 
So from here, we're going to see Peter stand up again. I mentioned before, I'll say this, I'm sure more than once again, that uh, Luke is able to use speeches by Peter and others so well. And we're going to see another of these speeches by Peter, how he uses this story to then do more ministry. So um, I've been reminded it would be helpful and I just forget to do it. I apologize, but I'll try to uh, maybe in a Facebook post or in a connection or something, let you know what's next, but I'll give you the heads up. We're going to go almost to the end of the, uh, I can't remember right now, but anyway, if you want to look ahead, uh, go on in in chapter three, verse 11, and we're going to go through Peter's speech quite a ways. Actually, I think it is to the end of the chapter. So if you want to look at that ahead of time before we talk about it next Sunday, that would be great. But this, but church, this is my hope for us, that we take these stories and really take them to heart and say, okay, what do I have that I can give? I, I, I wasn't going to do this, but we can't help ourselves and wonder, well, what does it mean when we drive to Walmart in Hutchinson and there's somebody parked there with their sign? And here's my answer to that. I don't know. So the specifics to a beggar asking for money, I'll just confess, I have talked to godly spiritual people who love Jesus that have said, no, I don't do that because it can enable our culture, our society has made it harder, blah, 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 blah. And I've talked to godly spiritual Jesus followers who say, every time I see somebody, I give them some money. So it's a you and God thing, I think. But I didn't, I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to mention that, but I know that some of us, that comes really practical to say, what do we do about beggars in our life? You know, pray about it. See if God has a, a, an inkling for you. But more importantly, not just beggars, everybody in our midst that doesn't know Jesus, are we being aware of their needs and are we giving them what we can to minister to them? Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Oh, how it speaks to us. So exciting. God, I pray that we would know what it means to follow you well, just like Peter and John did. I pray, God, that we would know when you are nudging us to be the ones that you use for ministry to meet needs, the real needs, the Jesus needs. And God, I pray that your spirit would just be poured out on our congregation, that God, we would be more and more sensitive to your guidance and your leading. So God, I'm thankful for this study in Acts, and I pray, God, you would use it mightily. God, thank you for uh, our congregation. I pray, God, that you would bless the gifts and the giving as we leave today. And God, I pray that you would draw near to each one who needs your touch, who needs a special presence, your presence in some special way. And we're so thankful that we can gather together this way, God. I pray that you would be honored in all that we do. We love you, and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, amen. So I'm really glad to see you all today. It looks like a beautiful, sunshiny day. We're going to have groups around 11 o'clock. If you haven't tried one, it's always a good time to try one. Uh, The buckets for offerings and tithes are on the way out. And don't forget, if you want to fill out a prayer card or a connection card, we'd love to hear from you as well, too. In the meantime, though, have a great week. Peace.